This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. How's your week going, Damon? How, how is life in the new darkness world? <laughs> it's a lot less eyeliner, apparently. Um, look, it's nice. We're doing all right. Well, again, no, I don't. What's nice at this point, right? What's nice at this point? You, you take a little little wins when you can, and uh, I think so far so good, right? As as best as we can. Uh, Best as we can manage here in the States with our, of course, our silly pandemic just just blowing in the breeze around here. <laughs> and, uh, it's fun. It's always a joy. How about you over there? You you you, uh, you just celebrate. I, I know I'm going to We just talk 15 minutes about uh, how we'd like to keep it low-key. But anyway, I don't give a shit. Uh, birthday boy, Joel Abraham in the house. Yeah, 33 years young. Uh, it's a low-key one. I usually keep it that way. Uh, took Esther to the aquarium in Bangkok in Siam Paragon, and then had some delicious tonkotsu ramen for lunch. Mm. One of my favourite foods. As as you know, Damon, we sh- enjoyed a bowl together uh, before Wrestle Kingdom last year. And well, this week Mali has taken Esther. They've gone back to Mali's hometown for the week, so. Uh, I've got to stay here in Bangkok because I've still got to do my online teaching, the summer school thing, and I can't rely on the internet down there. That was my excuse anyway, so I've got the week to myself. Oh, nice. Look at this. Empty uh, empty place. You got any plans? Any uh, wild parties? Any uh, any uh, shenanigans going on over there at the Abraham household? Yeah, I'm going to go down to Soy Cowboy and spend our entire savings on some <laughs> sex workers. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I made a little itinerary, actually. It's just things that I've done before, but cause I used to live here. I lived here between 2011 and 2013, so there's a lot of nostalgia for certain places. So, like, for example, yesterday I took a walk to the neighborhood that I used to live in and went to the old street where I used to live and had some uh, chicken noodle soup at this stall. And it's like exactly the same. Nothing's changed from like 10 years ago. It's the same lady. She recognized me. So oh. she was talking to me. We were having a little conversation in our broken, my broken tie. And it's just nice. You know, it wasn't that long ago, but it's nice to have that little experience where everything looks and sounds and tastes and smells the same as it did back then. And you have like just this little bubble of you know, all these memories come flooded back to you. And I mean, the soup itself is great. It's just you know, on point, good chicken broth, little peppery kick to it, but garlic in there is really good. So just little things like that. Um, yeah, I love fun that. times. Yeah, I love that. It's very rare that anymore that you get that type of experience. That's pretty cool. Ten years ago, huh? I mean, you've been all over the world, man. Like I'm, all, I'm, <laughs> like we're talking about Cheryl and I are talking about. Like we just want a house that we always wanted and we're like okay where are we ever going to do this and for whatever reason we've kind of gotten a little motivated to kind of explore that and already i have jitters leaving the house (laughs) like selling this house like it's like i've been here for 20 over 20 years i know every quirk 
Uh, but you've been all over. Like you have that. There's there's something in your DNA that uh, that is uh, and a little bit of an explorer. I like that. I like that about you, Joel. Jealous of? Thank you. I mean, it's, sometimes it's taken a bit of a, a push to get there. Like the reason we moved to Thailand in the first place. Like uh, I met Melly when we both lived in London, and uh, her visa expired, so she went back to Thailand, and I realised. If I wanted to continue the relationship, I'd have to follow her. So yeah. I thought, ah, fuck it, why not? So I wasn't, it w- wasn't like a long-term plan or anything for me to go and live there, but I wanted to give it a shot. So that's that's how I ended up in Thailand. Love brought you together, and 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 then took you across the ocean. That's the that's the Joel Abraham story, brought to you by Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, how we feeling? I know uh, you are you are the temperature and the gauge uh, of the the voices of the the intranet and internet uh, and pro wrestling fandom throughout the world. What's the what's the latest with uh, how we're all feeling about one evil? Being our IWGP heavyweight champion, has, has temperature cooled, or are we still uh, running around with our head cut off? Manabu had a question for us. He says Naito versus Evil looks fine for the majority, but some people who hate the match are kind of loud and noisy. What do you guys think of that? Welcome to um, the internet. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just, I don't know. I think these. I feel these things go in phases. There's always there's always something that pops up. Every so often, even in the short time that we've been doing this podcast together, that is incredibly divisive. And everyone's arguing whether it, it's you know Kenny Omega and his reign or Jay White mm-hmm. becoming a big time player. Yep. And now it's evil. It just it happens from time to time, and it tears the fandom apart. You know, never mind Bullet Club Civil Wars. It's the New Japan fandom civil war right here. But in the end, we all love the product, right. so. We're all going to be friends back again at the end of the day, but this one, yeah, it's it's odd because the it seems to me that the people who disliked it are getting weirdly personal about it. Like they 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 seem to be like getting strangely offended that other people liked it. And like I said last week, if you hate it, if you thought the match was shit, and you think Evil sucks as a champion. That's fine. You know, I get it. I understand why people have said that. People have explained their reasons pretty clearly, and I hear them. I'm not dismissing that. I'm not saying you're stupid if you don't like it or whatever. But it's just the arguments are going in circles and circles and circles, and it's not getting anywhere. It just, it to me, it just, it's draw your own line in the sand. Do you like Evil as champion or not? If if you like it, great. Enjoy the next few months. If you don't like it, sit tight. He's probably not going to be champion for that long. I can't see him holding this belt for more than a few months because historically when we're looking at these heel reigns for champions in New Japan they're pretty short they're zero defences or one one defence maybe two AJ Styles he got what, a couple uh, Naito when he first won the belt that was with interference okay. uh, back in 2016 he only got one defence in uh, Jay White didn't get any defences in so they have historically been uh, short transitional reigns that are used to elevate a person who's been previously you know, an upper mid-carder to the top table so don't worry if you hate it that's okay I still love you I'm not making a value judgement on you as a person because you dislike Takaki Watanabe as a wrestler it's okay it's okay to dislike him but sit tight it's not going to be like that forever if you hate him I think people are really 
uncomfortable with change. And I, I think that's really the a, a common denominator. When things shake and things rattle around in what they're comfortable with, um, it, it's un, it's uncomfortable for them. Look, I'm in I'm in that boat of I didn't think the match was anything special. Um, I liked the the stuff that surrounded the match in the sense of uh, I like that rattling a little bit sometimes. I like that that uh, what did I just see moment. Um, I'm, I'm I I think that that helps make pro wrestling great. Um, but I get it too, Joe. I mean, I get the fact that you got a guy who uh, you know if you're looking at a two year output. Of matches, you know, you, you're not going to get that, or let's put it this way: you haven't seen on a on a great scale that what people want to hang their hat on as being a, an IWGP Heavyweight Championship title match. Um, I, I can understand that. So there's nervousness, right? Because again, a, a lot of people that have come over and have and have hitched their their wagon to the New Japan train is based off of they love those epic matches and they were spoon fed those epic matches um, consistently for years. And now you got a guy who, again, wasn't booked as the strongest guy in the world. We sat here on the show and talked about it a trillion times about how you know they got to do something with the poor guy. He's he, you know he's just become the least interesting guy in that faction. Well, they did it. They 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 did everything that kind of everybody wanted, except people now saying, "Whoa, you, you went too far." <laughs> Whoa, hold on here. I, ex- I I wanted change, but I didn't expect this. Um, I, 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 I you're already seeing subtle changes in and 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 not so subtle changes in the way that he's carrying himself and in the in his look. And those are again all things that we we joked about, but had to be on the table for evil to take the next level. And and you're seeing that he looks so much more championship material, should we say, than he did three four weeks ago. He feels like a different guy. He feels like a guy that's carrying himself differently. Now again. He's in Bullet Club. He's got a new, you know, heel sidekick uh, and a faction that's behind him. So you know, there is a good good possibility that you're going to see shenanigans. But I have all the confidence in the world that that guy can deliver. You you mean to tell me you put him in a big spotlight match for the world title that he won't be able to deliver against you know a guy pick a guy. Okada, uh, I know people are now screaming. Well, he didn't do it before. He lost the fucking title. That match was shit. I get it. I understand. But sometimes you gotta kind of take a step backwards to take two steps forward. Uh, that's the way I see it when it, when it comes to the match quality stuff. I'm I, I don't have as many concerns, and it's weird because I'm on. I, I agree with a lot of that thought process of okay. You're taking a guy who hasn't really delivered. I like the matches. I'm there. I'm in your camp. But I guess maybe where I differ is that I'm already seeing the subtle changes and the not-so-subtle changes to make this guy, again, air quotes, championship material, whatever that means. And I think in the end, 
I think people are going to look back on it and be okay with this. He's got a match with Hiromu coming up. You don't think that match is going to be great? And again, I think Hiromu is going to be the bump machine and do make make it spectacular. But you, you mean to tell me people aren't excited about this? Yeah, I think this is fantastic. And let's also, Joel, let's, let's also put this in the folder of 2020 pandemic, right? We got we to gotta get some interesting storylines and, and with the people that we have available. These other, half this roster's not here. And what are we going to do? We had to, we had to do something. I'm I'm okay with this. Uh, uh, and I don't understand a lot of the the continued outrage that I see when I hop on line. I, I just I don't. Again, I just feel like sometimes people don't like change. And you saw it with Jay White. You definitely saw it with Jay White. And it feels very similar. Yeah, and I said on Twitter a few days ago that. This idea of screwy finishes and interference and cheating and ref bumps, it's decades old. It's been in New Japan for as long as New Japan's existed. I mean, doing our classic watch along has educated me on that. That I was able to see, yeah, yeah, you know, they've been doing this stuff for a long time. Doesn't mean it's good. And I'm not saying that they should be doing it more or doing it all the time. But just the way uh, some people have come to the table and said oh they're changing it they're making it a more americanized style with bullshit that's it's not accurate because that's always been there and again i'm not saying it's good i'm not saying i want more of it but it's always been there so just relax i think the booking committee in new japan has built up enough trust with me personally as a viewer that i think we're in good hands i don't think we're going to be getting like i said a year's worth of main events that are all built around stomping people in the nuts and choking people with you know, grotting them at ringside and interference. I don't think that's the case. It's sort of sprinkled in there to keep things fresh. And I don't know, dare I say, if we, every single IWGP heavyweight title match was laid out exactly the same, with the same pacing and, you know, clean finishes, maybe that might get a bit stale after a while. So I'm just, just throwing that out there as a playing devil's advocate. I agree. I Look, I, I, I agree. There's... I like the idea, the idea of a little bit of a shakeup. Um, and, and yes, you are right. We've seen shenanigans throughout the history of this company. And, and when you can't do – and not only can't, if you don't want to do clean pinfalls all the way through, um, you got to get a little creative. And sometimes it's got to be a little bit of uh, you know horseplay that got you from point A to point B. Um, that's that's pro wrestling, kids. We know that. Don't you know? Again, <laughs> there are. I mean, how do you tell that story otherwise? How do you tell right. the story of this perennial mid carder evil who chokes in the big matches, finally being able to pull it all together and beat, uh, you know, Sanada in the semifinals and Okada in the final and Naito in the title match back to back? If he had won all those matches clean, would there be part of us thinking, huh? What, what's right. going on here? Right. Why are they burying all these guys? Or <laughs> whatever, right? you know? Right. There's, there's a price you have to pay for clean finishes, and that is the, the, the devaluing of, of people. Um, now, again, people can point to like 92, 93, 94, you know, all Japan. Okay, but that, that has a shelf life to it. Um, and, and, and you see how long that, that can last. Uh, and again, I'm not saying we turn New Japan into fucking DDT. 
I think people have this purity for this heavyweight title that that it, here's the thing. I get that if you're a fan of this product and you're coming over from uh, some other fandom that you were disappointed with and frustrated with and challenged by and you come over here and you find this this fucking warm place and now people are starting and now it feels like you know oh my god you know could it turn into what I what I ran away from I, I I mean, that was me, Damon. I, st- I jumped in in Wrestle Kingdom 11 in 2017 and saw that incredible, well, four incredible matches back-to-back at the end, but specifically the title match with Omega and Okada, which absolutely, you know, is one of the all-time historic great matches, I, I think, at least. And you watch that and you think, cool, we're going to get this every month. But you don't. Um, you, I, I would say you get the hits more often than the misses, but it, it is understandable why people might parachute in uh, you know, as more recent fans like myself, or maybe the kind of fan who just watches the big matches. You know, you, you drop in for the Wrestle Kingdom and a Dominion and a G1 final, and then this year you drop into Dominion and you're getting the the Dick Stomps and uh, Dick Togo choking people out, and you're thinking, "Hey, this wasn't what I signed up for." Right? Would you rather have a Dick Stomp or have Antonio Antonio Inoki fake a concussion with his tongue hanging out and have Hogan win the title? <laughs> What would you rather have? Yeah, or you know, stupid double count outs where right nine hundred sixty right right where you, you have a twenty minute match and then all of a sudden they, they you tumble to the outside and brawl in the crowd every fucking time because you got to protect people. Listen, let I, I love the old classic stuff. You trust me? You're talking the the old classic demon. I love it. I got fucking gigabytes of of fucking hard drive. That uh, I'll pop on all the time. Love it. Can't tell me that. Fucking all Japan from 1980 to basically 1991 to every fucking big match was disqualification. One of the biggest matches in their tag team tournament. Uh, what was it, 82? Funks against Snooker and Brody. And who comes charging out with them? Stan Hansen. Who gets involved in that match? Stan Hansen. Who clotheslines Terry Funk so they can roll around in the streamers outside while Dory Funk gets brutalized in the ring? Fucking all Japan. It's one of the most historic, classic matches in the history of pro wrestling. It had bullshit and shenanigans. I mean, again, I'm not talking about it as it was a dick punch or anything, but you get my point, right? <laughs> Look, I think everybody can take a deep breath. <sighs> We're already seeing good changes with evil. Let's uh, let's wait until we get to uh, uh, Sengoku and, and Hiromu, which I think will be a fantastic <laughs> match. That's the other thing, isn't it? It's, it's been a week. Right. It's been shopping for a week. Right. Right. That's what I'm that's that's really the biggest thing. It's, it's been a week. Again, people are just people are projecting their worries. And I I I, I get that people do that. I understand. And they're trying to ward off the evils, pardon the pun, that may occur. It's been a week. It's it's been a week. We can we can 
And it hasn't been a, a terrible week. Yes, okay, again, that match I'm not going to put in one of the greatest championship matches of all time. Of course I'm not. <laughs> you, They were away for three months. They, they, they told a story of turning evil within a New Japan Cup that we never thought we were going to see. We, we had months of storyline build in a tournament. What do, you, what, do, what do you want them to do? And again, half the roster's sitting at home. And he ain't coming yeah, I mean, back we- anytime soon. The other things that I've seen proposed, like, oh, let Naito have a few filler defences. You know, he defends the title against Goto. He defends the title against Kojima or whatever. If that happens and you get so, oh, yeah, that was a really good four-star main event, nice clean finish, good title defence for Naito. What have you achieved by the end of that? A title defence. That's, that's all you have. And, again, the idea is preposterous if you told me this sitting in the Tokyo Dome this year. And trust me, you could have probably told me anything and I would have believed that the state I was in. <laughs> but if, if Joel, you said, hey, while you were elbowing me to wake up, uh, hey, guess what? After this fucking Wrestle Kingdom shit, we're going to shut this down in three for three months. You ain't going to see it. There's going to be nothing. But I mean, I would look at you and be like, you're insane. They had to come back with a big splash. You can't just come back with shows. Shows ain't going to do it. They, they didn't even know if they were going to have fucking people in the building for a lot of these until the last minutes. Look, they had to come back and, and what bigger splash could they have come back with aside from like maybe fucking Tanahashi turning heel? Give me another idea with the roster that they have that would be a, as big a fucking splash have people talking about than this. Not even just within New Japan, within the pro wrestling world. People are talking about this. Still talking about it. Still talk we're still talking about it. It's I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? And I know people are gonna say, well, it's the, we're talking about it in a bad way. No, trust me, you're not. For all that you you're talking about it. I name me, name me anything. Joel, in the past four months, five months, six months, that's non-COVID related. We're not talking about wrestlers getting sick or why are they running shows and all that. That has gotten as much juice than this title change. No, I can't. I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, we. I think we've laid out our reasons pretty clearly why we think it's a good thing and again I think we might be reaching a point where people are digging their heels in and if you are steadfast against evil being champion and evil's matches then I'm, I'm not sure there's anything that either you or I can say Damon that's going to persuade people at this point so we'll just wait and see what this Hiromi match looks like and our friend John Carroll came up with what I think could turn out to be a pretty accurate prediction that I want to try and make sure I quote them properly so I'm not getting this wrong. If you just bear with me a second. Mm-hmm. Must be <laughs> must be heavy. <laughs> Let's get every word. I'll try to, 
Okay, I'm going to have to paraphrase what John said, but John All said right. their prediction is that Hiromu versus Evil will be a really good like four and a quarter star match, but there'll be a dick stomp and Dick Togo choking Hiromu towards the end and then people are going to shit on it because of that. Uh, um, I'll be the first in line to tell you that I don't want a Dick Togo with a what, what does he have like a pulley I don't even know what he has at this point like a, a wire braided wire um, I don't want that I'll tell you flat out I don't want that but I'll tell you flat out it's probably something we're going to get right that doesn't need to happen though I mean I guess we're sort of jumping ahead to our preview of Sengoku law but we might as well discuss it now that I would say, as an established heavyweight, and now heavyweight champion, and admittedly, Hiromu is the junior champion, and he's gone through some notable heavyweights on his New Japan Cup run, but maybe Mm -hmm. Evil doesn't need to do that stuff against Hiromu. Maybe he could get the job done without having to do that. Whether or not that remains to be the case, we'll wait and see, but just throwing that possibility out there. I'm hoping. I I would not want that. Um... And I think that you can you can book a match without having that. Look, you've established the fact that evil is evil and he's did what he had to do to break away from LIJ and become champion. Um, we've established this. I don't think we need to beat people over the head with I'm evil evil now, right? I think he can get away with not get away with, but I think it, it would be a positive to not have that. That being said, I mean, Gato's track record isn't the fucking best when it comes to shit like that. It And, and Joel, I'll, I'm going to speak for me, and I'm going to speak for a lot of people. I'm going to take the liberty of doing that. I'm going to be your voice complainers, because I'm, I'm right there with you to a, to a large degree. It takes me out of a match. It really does. When you have a match that's building and building and really rocking and rolling, and then they they do that, it really like if I see red shoes go down, there is going to be a part, you know, with his, you know, he gets, you know, the the ref bump that we know is going to happen. See, see now, okay, now now, do you see the their point a little bit clearer though, Joel? Like, yeah, but I, I, I like the way that is. I, I think they need to mix it up because they do with Jay White. Sometimes with Jay White matches, it's full of bullshit and ghetto interfering and brass knuckles and ref bumps. And I'm like, you fucking twat. Why are you doing that? I hate it. Ah! But then occasionally he'll just win the match clean. Like at Wrestle Kingdom 13, where he beat Okada clean as a whistle. Mm-hmm. And that is what I think makes it effective when you mix it up and keep people on their toes. And that is what I'm looking for with Evil. I'm looking for him to develop his own in-ring style. And uh, as we saw during this New Japan Roads uh, match yesterday, being more of a bully, being more of a a twat. And, he, you know, like it's a new character and it's going to take him time to find his feet with it. You know, how long did it take Jay White when he made his first match against Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom 12? A lot of people were very critical of that match and critical of Jay White and the gimmick 
But now, he seems to be getting most mostly praise from right. people. So, right. again, Evil needs some time to work on that and to figure out his own in-ring style, his own layout to a match. But there's not really that much difference in Evil for... I mean, there's subtle changes. I mean, just things to kind of help... Give him again. We weren't looking for a foundation to be rebuilt. We were just looking for a new coat of paint. Again, I don't think they need to beat us over the head with. Okay, he's Bullet Club, so he has to be eat. Like I would do anything, anything for this match to be. Again, uh, you want a, a little bit of shenanigans? It's Bullet Club. Okay, I would do anything for this to be uh, clean as a whistle. You, you know, there's going to be interference I, I, in, in both ways. I, I hate saying that out loud, but you kind of do. You know LIJ is going to be involved in, in this in some fashion. And you know Bullet Club is going to be involved, specifically Togo. So I would love to, sh- I would love the shock of not having that. I think we all know it's happening. I, 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 I can't say, I, I, I would be shocked if there was none. And... I don't know. I think people, people kind of. I feel people's pain on that. I'm not gonna lie. It takes me out. It does take me out of matches when there's a lot of that. I don't particularly like it. Um, I prefer, I prefer it not being there. When it's overkill, Joel. You know what I mean? When it's overkill. But yeah, let's I hear it. you. And- Sorry, you still going? Because I was going to say, you know, we're not here to tell people what they do and don't like, right. and what is objectively good or bad. But that is one of the things that has come out from a lot of the discourse of people saying things or, or criticisms about evil and his matches or whatever, as if they are like universal, verifiable truths. When it's not, it just comes down to preference. So if you don't like the runners in the interference, just say I don't like the runners in the interference. Not like oh, you know, this is going to be terrible for business and people are not reacting right. to him and they've rushed it blah 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 just say you don't like interference you don't like evil simple yeah i mean it really comes down to it i i and and i will go so far as to say i think evil can deliver in big time matches um yeah we've seen him do it right right so i don't get where that i mean well i kind of see where it gets it gets again i think that match didn't deliver it was everything that that uh, those people those people and me people don't like about you know those those matches it's it was top heavy in the interference and the onsets and the match wasn't great blah 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 everything else around it was pretty pretty spectacular all right uh look we're i'm sure we're going to be talking more about it i can't wait for this match to happen because um it's either in a way i can't wait for it to happen joel and in a way i'm like oh i'm dreading it because it's either going to justify people's positions it's going to give people more armor and more more firepower uh or it's going to be one of those things where it's like okay we've 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 removed that criticism from this decision i'm kind of hoping it's that as opposed to see this is see this is what i don't want this is what this i warned you guys this is it. And I think we'll have a lot of that in about a week or so. All right. Well, <laughs> half an hour in. <laughs> Let's get into the news. Uh, so, a bit of bad news to start with. Japan government has postponed indefinitely any plans to allow indoor sporting events to have more than 5,000 people in attendance. Now, that doesn't actually affect New Japan in the short term because they're not hitting that limit. But I 
was curious what that would mean for Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, obviously the situation is fluid, but you'd have to imagine that New Japan management are raising some eyebrows at the possibility of this affecting Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Isn't it weird that it was never announced? Again, I say it, I've said it on a few shows, but really we've never gotten that official announcement. And everybody, again, the 4th of January, we get it, you know, but... No, never was really announced. Um, I would like to sit here and tell you that we know, or even that the company knows. I, I'm sure they have contingency plans for both. Where if okay, everything settles down, we're okay. Let's go with the dome, or Plan B of uh, we're we're booking this arena or this venue that's smaller, but you know, we can only fit so many people in safely. Uh, it's going to be weird. It's all, well, listen, it's all, we're already in weird mode, right? <laughs> we've already, we've already reached that point. Um, I know that there's going to be a ton of disappointment. Um, I know people are already canceling trips. Uh, I can safely say that they're not going to allow anyone from the United States in, in Japan anytime soon. That's just, I mean, that is a pipe dream at this point. Um, Except maybe Juice Robinson. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Right. So I know that's disappointing. That, that, That is disappointing to say the least. Because there's going to be a lot of people that, uh, I mean, they I, account me as one of them. I'm one of those people that look forward to that trip every fucking year. And I think that, I think, uh, I think I know in my head it's not happening this year. Uh, and I'll be watching it from the comforts of my couch this year. Uh, not because I don't want to be there, uh, but because I don't think they're going to let anybody in. Yeah, so just... I guess it would depend on the COVID situation, the short answer. Uh, okay. To, to everything in life as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was an interesting piece in Tokyo Sports with one Tetsuya Naito, and Manabu said he's going to translate it at some point. From what I understand, he was talking that he wants revenge against evil, whether or not evil is still champion. And Naito also says that if Hiromu is champion, then he's he... He, Naito, will just win the G1 and face him for the title. So, again, they do, they, they're keeping on with this, you know, sowing the seeds, leaving the breadcrumbs for, well, both these events. One, Naito getting his revenge against Evil, which historically he usually does in pretty much all of his big feuds. He gets the last laugh, whether it's against uh, Tanahashi or Jericho or Suzuki or Ibushi, or Okada, or Jay White, Naito is the one who ends up winning the rubber match. He wins the feud at the end of the day. So, yeah, revenge against Evil and a possible match against Hiromu being strongly hinted at in this article. I'll tell you what, and I know we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the Road 2 show, and I know just to pull back the curtain, we're probably going to weave in and out throughout and maybe not necessarily do match reviews on a show that was, you know, a road to show. Um, 
Did it feel to and I and I know they're building toward a main event of uh, Hiromo and Evil, and it makes sense to put a little bit more of a brighter spotlight. But boy, oh boy, did Naito take a backseat during that tag match? It felt like he was definitely in the shadows, so to speak. Um, and it, which was it was weird, but it was also one of those things where you know Hiromo could really be the leader of this fucking faction. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't be that much of a stretch. You still there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just, you stopped. just sort of weirdly stopped mid sentence. No, no. the, the intonation of your voice made me think you have more to say. No, uh, that was okay. It. Well, let, let me jump to a question then from Dan, who says, "Any chance you guys have heard anything about Naito's health? Seems like Ooh. he's hurting pretty bad. Do you think he might be ailing somewhat? Because you know, Dave Meltzer's always talking about his knees, and of course, mm-hmm. we saw that big story towards the back end of last year, the interview on New Japan website where Naito had those serious problems with his eyes. He had the big." gnarly eye operation yeah do you think there could be any truth that maybe could be those days are numbered i mean i don't know i I mean it it could be right it could be a factor in in the the haste of getting the title off of him um i i I think it really would depend upon what we see from him in the future in the sense of are they putting him in spotlight matches? Is he going to be in tag matches? Um, look, there are always rumors that are um, talked about and, and tossed about, and there's no way for a lot of people to get that verified. Um but I just jump in and say for Sengoku Lord, he's in the third match. He's in a six-man tag match. Okay. So going from double champion to third on the card, right? Um, I mean there are there like there are. I I would love to know, and again, it's it's hard to get information like that. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious as to his uh, health specifically the the eye injury. It feels like that's like that seems very risky. And it seems, I mean, you you just look at the very nature of taking a bump. I mean, I don't care how much you're tucking your chin, you're you're rattling your head each and every time. And you know, there's thin membranes, and I'm you know, I'm talking like I'm, I'm a fucking doctor, and I'm, I'm an uh, optometrist. Uh, but I would think the eye and the functionality of an eye uh, is very delicate. So I mean, that's the one that when I when we heard that originally, and and you know we talked about that injury. I got to be honest. I was like, how do you fucking come back from that? And first, how do you heal from that? Because we've heard people, you know, I remember Elgin breaking his orbital bone. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess that just heals with time, I guess. But even then, it's got to be pretty fragile. I mean, we're talking a fucking eyeball here. It's a squishy, gelatinous blob. How does that fucking heal again? I mean, I don't know. That was the one that that had me weirded out. And it might just be like, I just don't like eyeball things. It freaks me out. Uh, But yeah, I mean, again, 
Anytime something like this happens, you do hear a lot of scuttlebutt and rumors. Uh, and trust me, we've heard plenty of them, and I think a lot that people have already heard. So it's not like I'm breaking new ground. But um, yeah, it is one of those things that I think it's I think it's fair fair to keep your eye on. Pardon the pun. That was a terrible. That was a totally unintentional pun. But um, I think it's something that people need to keep an eye on. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, just for all the reasons I talked about. So what better way to go out than by passing the torch to Hiromu? So there you go. That's what you could look forward to in the future. Uh, okay, other stuff I wanted to just quickly touch on. I say quickly. I've got thoughts on this. Uh, the Tamatonga podcast, Tamas Island. I've been listening to this, and it's a really interesting listen. So I listened to the previous three episodes. So episode 10, he's talking about the elite, and it's... It's an odd one. It's like a strange mix of shoot and work where you're hoping that he's going to you know, really speak his mind and bury the people that you think he wants to bury, but it never quite gets there, which is understandable because you know it's a business. He might be working with these people in the future, but he does talk about the difference in the vision of the Bullet Club, what his vision of the Bullet Club is and what the elite's vision of the Bullet Club was and how he felt that the, the elite guys were kind of taken off in a different direction, how he thought it was getting diluted with like Ring of Honor guys randomly joining with no consultation for the core members. And you get the feeling that Tam is very proud of being an original member of this group, but resents other people hitching their wagon to it for short-term gain. So that was episode 10. Episode 11, he's talking about evil. And the most interesting thing for this was the fact that lots of people in the Bullet Club were sending in messages after he beat Okada, uh, when he joined the Bullet Club, but not many, and this this includes Jay White and Kenta, not many people congratulate him after he won the titles. So there's this maybe sense of disquiet that evil was perhaps jumping the queue or or whatever, and might be ruffling a few feathers within Bullet Club. And of course, there was uh, Jay White's tweet to Ghetto today saying, "Are you evil's boy now?" So. Um, Anders had a question. He said, I, I listened to an early episode of the Super J cast today, and the big story at the time was the Bullet Club Civil War. Do you see this evil LIJ story go a similar route? And I, I think, I mean, we could be looking at a possible Bullet Club Civil War because the faction is huge now. We've got Evil, Dick Togo, Ghetto, Jado, Yujiro, Ishimori, Jay White, Kenta, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, El Fantasmo, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Hikuleo. So that's 14 wrestlers. And with Gallows and Anderson likely to return at some point, there's definitely, I think something's got to give there. And uh, I hope it's more along the lines of like NWO Japan versus Team 2000 rather than the Elite versus Firing Squad thing in the back half of 2018, which, let's not forget, had zero payoff. You know, there wasn't any decisive match at the end of it. It it was uh, the elite tweeting from the boat that they're not the Bullet Club anymore, which was really disappointing. Like, And in retrospect, based on that and what Tam said in his podcast, it felt like a bunch of guys who had no intention of staying with the company kind of going into business for themselves. Uh, and all the, the, today, uh, listen to episode 12. He's talking about Captain New Japan going to Bullet Club as Bone Soldier. Apparently that was Kenny Omega's idea. So <laughs> they're just casually dropping that one in there. So um, what do you think of all that, Damon, about where Bullet Club is now? It's set up for it. I mean, you did lay it out there. It, you, you did forget one important member of Gino Gambino. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm talking active wrestler. Is he an active wrestler? Is he still wrestling? I don't think the. I think the last time he was in the ring might have been for uh, one of the the rumbles at at the dome, like dark match rumbles. That that that's the last time I I remember him in the ring. Um, or maybe did he wrestle on the Australian tours? I'm checking cage match now. Yeah. I mean, he's only 33, so he's time's right. on his side. Uh, let's see matches. The scale. He last up. he's wrestled one match this year in March the eighth, and lost a match to Jessica Troy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's hard to call you an active wrestler with one, uh, but uh, again, I, 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 his commentary. Uh, anywho. It it is set up for it. That is a that is a that is a faction that is stuffed to the gills, and you will have people if they left it as is, um, left out in the left out in the cold. That's for sure. Some talented people probably left out in the cold. Yeah, it makes sense. You got people that are oh you know you got a whole crew of people. That are sitting at home. I mean, who? I mean, if you look at the people who aren't there, they feel like, dare I say, bigger names than the people that are there. I mean, God, Jay White, Kenta, even Fale. It is. It is right there. That that seems like an easy one, doesn't it? And that could last quite a long time and have that payoff. That you didn't have before. Seems like a no-brainer to me, Joel, doesn't it? It does. And I wonder if it might transition into something you've mentioned before. Uh, Infinity says, I'm intrigued by Damon saying last week that Jay White is bound for a babyface run. What kind of babyface do you picture Jay White? Teaming up with Juice and Finley? Question mark. So do you think this possible Bullet Club Civil War done right could launch Jay White into a babyface run? And if so... What do you see Babyface Jay White looking like? I think Babyface Jay White isn't going to look all that much different, in the beginning anyway, to what you see right now. Uh, It's going to be faction against faction, and there's going to be sympathies played on both sides uh, where people can see the argument of, yeah, you know what, this faction fucked over the the Jay White-led faction, or vice versa, um, how they didn't support evil. I mean, you can go a thousand different ways. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be, you know, he's going to come out looking like fucking Carl Fredericks. Um, but I think you'll, people will have sympathy for them just because of the fact that um, you know, somebody's going to feel slighted. Again, I don't think it's going to be your your Juice Robinsons or David Finleys, where Jay White starts tagging up with, but again, you'll you'll have at least you'll have a reason to see why you would have sympathy for a Jay White, whether that's a beatdown, whether that's a turn of some kind, of whether whether whatever that looks like. Um, I don't think it's going to be a a a massive dynamic change in Jay White. I think subtly you'll you'll get there, but eventually, yeah. I think I I think Jay White is going to be a top babyface for New Japan uh, in years to come. And here's just a random little factoids. 
who stopped Jay White from making the G1 finals in 2018? COVID-19. It was, <laughs> it was your boy Evil. So you got a bit of history there. So just throwing that out there. Um, yep. Shingo Star says if new Bullet Club teammates Yujiro and Togo teamed up would they be referred to as the Tokyo Pimps dick to go so something you might be able to look forward to if they all uh, run that route so, uh, that's, that's so stupid I love it <laughs> uh, okay more podcast talk there was a very hyped talk and shop podcast episode with Carl Anderson Doc Gallows and Rocky Romero don't know if you listened to this one Damon but they went for two hours talking about their time in WWE and Saudi Arabia and negotiations with New Japan, their time in New Japan before, um, their talks with AEW and Impact. And it's really interesting. So I would recommend people checking it out. And just little tidbits I found interesting, just like when they were in a tag match in New Japan, they were told exactly who is pinning who. Uh, whereas in WWE, they don't get told that. They're just like, okay, this team's beating this team. And then the wrestlers are left to figure it out themselves. And they did get a, an offer last year from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And New Japan wanted them to be exclusive, but couldn't meet their price. So eventually New Japan agreed, offered them a deal, but they were going to let them work AEW. And within New Japan, the plan was for... Carl Anderson to attack John Moxley at Sumo Hall and then build up that feud to a match at the Tokyo Dome where Luke Gallows would uh, help Carl Anderson beat John Moxley for the title. So that was something we missed out on on account of the COVID situation. And I'm glad I well, drank. Or was, it, or was it the fact that they uh, re-signed with WWE? I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline, but Again, just one of the, the major points here is the fact that these big money WWE offers and, you know, you to turn that down, you really have to bet on yourself to make that jump, to go to somewhere like uh, an AEW or a New Japan because they will keep dropping bigger and bigger numbers until you re-sign with them. So uh, that ended up making Anderson Gallows upset a lot of people, including the Bucks and maybe it was Kenny, maybe it was Cody, but yeah, they, they definitely let quite a few people down in their decision to extend their contracts with WWE. Um, so there you go. Definitely worth a listen with Do Anderson you, and Gallows. I mean, what, with that being said, what kind of deal do you think they got with Impact? You know, what... what? I mean, aside from being having the flexibility of working... Less dates for sure. If you're working impact, what and being able to work somewhat of a of a New Japan schedule, I don't think Impact is going to stop them from doing that. Like, what's how? I mean, what, you would because I, I guess my point is this: you would have expected, and at least I expected them to be either AEW bound or a combination of or or New Japan bound or a combination of you work in the states and for AEW and you work uh, Japan dates. What do you think Impact brought to the table that had them sign there or do you think it was AEW being more eh, we're going to we're going to pass. Yeah, like, I, I think it was that. I think well one they've been fired by WWE so it's not as if they're in a 
you know, beggars can't be choosers sort of situation, isn't it? And it, by the sounds of things, they had disappointed and upset the AEW management so much by their decision. But basically, it sounded like they'd given them a verbal agreement. They said, yes, we're going to join you. We'll be ah. there for the first episode of Dynamite, but then ended up re-signing with WWE. So gotcha. I think the impression I got is that as things stand, they're persona non grata with AEW. And I would argue that AEW don't really need them. AEW got a pretty stacked tag division as it is. It looks like they're doing okay there. So it looked like it was impact or nothing at the moment. Right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. That one, uh, I mean, what are, your, what are your feelings on on that? I mean, is that just... Because it looks like impact signed up, but, you know, I mean... Anybody who who had a contract with WWE uh, and was was uh, hit by the recent roster slashings found a home at Impact. Um, do you think it's a good deal for? I mean, it, it, I guess it is what it is. I mean, it probably is the the loan. Do you think they could have just done indies and just walk walk that line? No, I, I think it's just a short term thing until. Well, I say short term until they're able to make it back out to Japan. Yeah, right. And I'm sure the pandemic has a lot to do with it because who the fuck's running shows besides AEW and WWE at this point uh, in the states? That is, you're pretty limited. I mean, th- I mean, technically they could go, you know, dojo shows whenever they do those tapings in California, but yeah, your options are pretty slim right now when it comes to finding work what, what, what are you going to do they had to almost had to sign with impact they were giving them money but here's the thing they got they had they got a pretty sweet deal with WWE if they if they were smart and again we're talking about pro wrestlers mind you but uh if they were smart they 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 put a little bit of money aside <laughs> put a little money in the bank uh to kind of Take care of themselves during these trying times. But all right, there you go. Anderson and Gallows. And Andrew asked, Do you think the seven summer struggle Koraku and shows will be used for anything more interesting than a bunch of tag matches to build for whatever large event is to follow? So this has been an interesting one, this summer struggle tour, because just looking at the dates now on the schedule page for New Japan, we got starting July 26th, Korakuen, 27th, Korakuen, 29th, Shizuoka, 31st, Korakuen, August 6th, Korakuen, 7th, Korakuen, 8th, Korakuen, 9th, wow. Korakuen, yeah. 11th, uh, Osaka, that's Edian Arena 2, uh, August 12th in Ehime, 13th, also in Ehime, and then the tour finishes on August 16th in Shizuoka. So that is... That's a lot of shows. Now, from what I understand, only seven of those are going to be televised. That's Those are the Korakuen shows. So that's seven out of 11 shows. And the final night of that show is in a 1,300 capacity venue, which means you're probably looking at sort of 300 to 400 odd people in there. So I don't see that as being, you know, there's been some speculation that they might run a tournament. I don't know if you want to have a tournament final where you've only got 300 people in the building. And also, you know, some people say, oh, maybe it's best of the Super Juniors, maybe it's World Tag League. If it is either of those things, I think they will be marketed as such. I don't see why you would be marketing it as Summer Struggle and then be like, actually, it's best of the Super Juniors. If it's going to be best of the Super Juniors, you call it best of the Super Juniors. So 
I don't really know what to make of this. I mean, maybe it's going to be a tournament for the Intercontinental title or maybe Evil drops it. But then we've just had a single elimination tournament. Maybe, I, I, I honestly don't know. It could just be making use of Korakuen Hall. Maybe it's just a sort of logistics test run for the G1. So what's your feelings on this Summer Struggle Tour? I tell you what, the thing that sticks out like a sore thumb are those Korakuen dates. I mean, it's back to back to back to back. I mean, they're doing Thursday the 6th, Friday the 7th, Saturday the 8th, and then Sunday the 9th. That's that's a lot of shows. And again, it and and let you know that that doesn't even include that Sunday, July 26th in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And 27th shows. They're in they're at Corgan Hall. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Seven times, Joel. Between the, what, the 31st and the 9th? 
I, I mean, I, I get, it, that's that's that does stick out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? You're not going to take. Have we ever seen anything like that? I mean, that might just be building availability. Okay, and and again, we love to speculate. We love to kind of find holes and shit and see if we can fucking decipher the code. Seven shows in one building in, you know, what, a week, week and a half span? Well, the last time Korakuen was used with such frequency for shows where they were selling tickets was... February 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, which was the Tiger Hattori retirement event, two New Japan roadshows, and then the Nakanishi retirement event. And I remember we were looking at those four back-to-back things thinking, oh, maybe there's going to be something here. It's going to be a tournament. And it turned out, apart from those two retirement things, there wasn't much going on. So do you think they would run these six Korakuen shows with just Mike Mad tag matches or... Do you think I there's going to be not. some sort of long arching tournament? I mean, maybe you throw some title matches in there, have a you know tag title match, six man match, never title match, and spice it up a bit. Or do you think there's going to be something more overarching? I hope there's something. I, I mean, again, let's not forget about the 26th and the 27th, Sunday, Monday, back to back. They take a little break. Uh, they're they're away. They, the 29th, Shizuoka. And then Friday, excuse me, uh, fr- yeah, Friday the 31st, too. And then it's the four days in a row. Wow. And again, that doesn't include the Osaka show that follows those Corkin shows. And then two, here's what's weird. And again, I know that we're talking about limited availability to buildings in, in the sense of we can only stick so many fans in there. And I'm sure demand will far outweigh supply. So maybe they're doing this to appease those fans to, okay, you might not be able to get in, you know, the one big show that we could have had, but we'll, we'll split it up between four shows to make sure that we're satisfying our audience and giving them shows. Possibly. This feels like something more is up their sleeves with this summer. What are they calling it? Summer summer, summer struggle. I like the fact that they're doing that too, by the way. Back in the day, they used to name the fucking tours. Summer heat night struggle. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. You're going to be in trouble watching all these fucking shows, Damon. <laughs> I know. And here's the thing, Joel. Here's my biggest challenge. I know sports are coming back. Joe, I Arsenal are good again uh, in the FA Arsenal Cup are good again, right? Uh, I got hockey coming back. Joe, you better get on board with this hockey shit. Um, there's one day, uh, there's a weekend. This that that weekend of August first. So uh, where that Friday the thirty first, Thursday or excuse me, okay, okay, that's not that bad. So I'm looking at it now, but anyway, uh, that weekend, that first weekend in August. I know I'm all over the place, but. Uh, August, that first weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There are 71, I believe is the number I counted, 71 sport events that weekend between all the hockey that's coming back, all the basketball, all the hockey that's coming back, all the basketball, all the baseball, 
uh, 71 events. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving my couch, let alone my house. I will be wearing an adult diaper, and I will be – I will not be doing that. All right, anyway, get back, getting back to New Japan. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that is oddly placed, let's put it that way, to have that many shows at Corkin so, so close together. Four we've seen, seven? Again, not back-to-back, but throughout this, this tour, seven? Uh, they got to have something up their sleeves. They got to have something up their fucking sleeves. All right, well, let's look at the show that took place yesterday, which was yeah. New Japan Road at Korakuen oh. Hall. We're going to go through this match by match. Just a few things that stood out to me. I thought a really great opener between Tenkozi and Uemura and Suji. And Tenkozi gave those two guys a lot, Uemura and Suji, who always look impressive to me. And we had a question from Webhead1584. said, I really like the young lines, Yota Suji and Yuya Uemura. They make a good team. Yuya has a really good look as well. How far can they go? And do you see Yuya as a junior or a heavy when they move up? Also, do you think it's time that young lines or future lines start adventuring off on their own and not be a part of any factions? So... Uh, Damon, I don't know if you had any strong feelings on the match. Uh, if not, what do you think of Suji and Uemura? I mean, Yuya is, is tailor-made for, for for stardom. And I don't mean the the women's promotion, Joel. I mean super stardom. Uh, he, you know how I always talk about how young lions where it's like, okay, technically, okay, everybody's sound, right? There's nobody that's really shitting the bed when it comes to the technical aspect of being a young lion. Um, and then you're kind of just looking for personality and you're looking for something, a, a connection and, or an it factor or whatever the case may be. Or maybe somebody who is just like head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to the, the physical part, uh, in-ring stuff. Both those guys, I would say, I would circle. Like, to me, before Carl Fredericks became the uh, baby face that he is with his tassels and his uh, red gear and his earring, uh, I would put those three guys in, in the mix for, okay, these guys are no doubt surefire home run future stars um and and I and I and I stand behind that right now it's uh, of all the young lions i would say yuya is probably first on my list followed closely by yoda i don't i, I name me two better guys it's hard to do I mean, Gabriel Kidd, maybe? Maybe? Clark Connors? Uh, I, 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 I'll stick with that. I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick with the guys in that opening match. Let's put it that way, uh, as future stars. And I think uh, uh, the odds are in my favor. Okay. Uh, third match, we had Sonata Shingo against Doki and El Desperado. The reason I bring that up is because the story was... Desperado going after Shingo's knee, which I assume is going to play heavily into their Never Title match, which we'll get onto previewing soon. And also uh, because El Desperado was again <laughs> referencing 
uh, Shingo being like the no fun allowed PE teacher. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, what else have we got here on this show? Um, we had what looks like Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki resuming their feud. And Renegade Dugong says, is Suzuki versus Nagata already the feud of the year? So uh, I don't know mm. if I'd go that far, but I'm definitely excited to see them having another singles match, which it, it looks like they're going to do at some point, Damon. Nobody's complaining about that, right? Especially coming off the cup. Uh, again, give him a little time. I know uh, Suzuki was a little under the weather. Hopefully he's, well, let's put it this way. At least he's uh, fit enough to uh, participate uh, with no worries about anything uh, COVID-related. So I, 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 I'm always amazed that, that you know, we're talking 50-year-old-plus gentlemen getting in there and, and doing what they're able to, to do. I, I don't think anybody's complaining to see a singles match again from these two. Nobody is. <laughs> Sticking with this match, Damien, you texted me. It was my time, 7.40 in the morning. And I quote, Master Watto is a fucking geek. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine you had some thoughts on this match, did you? Oh, he's a fucking, he's officially in geek status. Uh, let me ask you this. Oh, name me another debut where, okay, not only are you eating a pinfall, you're eating the pinfall. And here's the thing. In that match, okay, who else is going to eat that pinfall? Is it going to be, you know, I don't know, Coda? Is it going to be Kanemaru? I mean, he's got to be built up for a match, right? He can't be taken falls. Could Tai Chi or Zach technically take the fall? Well, you just gave him the fucking titles. So I guess my point is, is that if he's the guy that you're going to stick with taking the fall, why have him in there at all? Like, did you have to shoehorn him into this match to fucking have him take the fall? Yeah, so he's that- got a little story. I think we should celebrate the fact that he has a little story going oh. where he's feuding. He- he's going through the members of Suzuki Goon. He's taking them out one by one. <laughs> Is he? He's, he's gone through Doki. Next, uh-huh. he's going to go through Kanemaru and he's going to okay. go one by one until he takes out the king himself. All right. Well, listen, uh, first, he's got to not take fucking pinfalls in multi-man tag matches, number one. That would be the first step. Uh, not only a pinfall, Joel. Again, clean as a sheet, shall I say. Uh no no shit, no shenanigans. Fucking e ate it. And then, but before that, uh, I don't even know what he took to to he, he got pulled up. That would that like he was dead to rights. Kanamara pulls him up, hits him with something else, pins him clean as a sheet. Why not throw in a fucking five a, a King Kong Bundy five count while you're there? To totally fucking squash this geek. I, I've never seen anything like it, Joe. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Have you seen his renders on the New Japan website? Uh, on, on the profile page. I mean, I, mean, I, could, I could hop on real quick. I, I'm, I'm going to send you the link. And All right. <laughs> I, wait, okay, let's see. Does if he I look terrible? Co- does he, does copy he just and look send like the a- image to you. There's one. All right, here we go. It's coming uh, via the internet. Space. I can't wait for this. To be honest with you, fucking. I mean, like again. Am, am, am I? Uh, I'm not off base here. He's a fucking boob at this point, right? <laughs> a lot of people f- really like him. Look, I just okay, think, you I, can my, like him. Okay, pictures here. He's Talk cock, to me. It's, a, it's literally. He's showing. <laughs> it, 
like he's showing off a new pair of tight jeans. It looks like, like he's showing off his ass uh, with this with this gigantic kick, and he looks like he's struggling. To be honest with you. All right, that's uh, mm-hmm. and then the next one is him with the back fist again, and he looks scared. He looks like I'm going to hit you with this if you don't step away from me. I, is this a joke? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is this some kind of rib that that we just don't know about? Like, what? 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 Where are we with this cat? This is fucking. He's beyond geek. He's he. It's like it's almost like they're 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 pushing so hard on the fact that he is a fucking boob that uh, like that that's 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 the whole point. It feels like. Like, it can't be... <laughs> Joe, am I out of my mind on this? Like, he just feels like, in, in in a month's time, he feels like the most worthless fucking guy on the entire roster. Bordering. Bordering. Or, I mean, he's been memed to death, right? Like, that's sign number one, that you're a fucking geek. That you've been memed beyond... Like, it's... It, well, it, it stopped being funny ten minutes before it's uh, after it started, but okay, we're, we're we're still on that kick. Okay, me 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 me, great, ha ha ha, yeah, well, Master Watto, uh, King Watto, uh, you're gonna win everything. <laughs> you're, you're you're hilarious. Um, now it's gotten to the point where the company's kind of on board with it. Uh, what am I missing, Joe? Help me, help me. And I know you said it's for the kids. Even the kids are like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like throwing trash at him as he walks out of the ring. <laughs> Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. Blue wanker. <laughs> right. Giving him the finger. Uh, what am I missing, Joel? Help me. Help me with this fucking Master Watto shit. Because uh, the the match that I saw, he was, he was Jabberoony. Yeah, I'll just say what I said before. I think he is a really talented wrestler and I believe that he will figure it out and make it work and he'll find his spot on the cards where he contributes something of value. But he's just, he's a funny looking guy and he's not very confident. And I think the gimmick matches that, to be honest. And so does the booking. Yeah, nobody's doing him any favours. I, I mean, mean if, you, if you were to redesign another outfit where you know, could is there an outfit that exists or a haircut that can make this guy look like a badass because I don't think no. there is is no. there and, and would that help him to carry himself with more confidence I don't think it would because he looks kind of you know I think a really good pro wrestler but a bit nervous I think it's fair to say which is fine considering that you know, he's still relatively early on in his career. But given those two things, one, that he looks like a bit of a geek and that he's a bit nervous, I think the gimmick is perfect at this point. And so is the booking. So there you okay. go. Well, all right, let's do this. You know, get at your Pro Wrestling Illustrated, kayfabe time. You're a fan of pro wrestling. You're watching this pro- product. Who's a bigger star right now? Carl Fredericks? Or Master Watto? Like, who do you think, like, okay, that guy's a tougher guy. Obviously, Carl Fredericks, but what's, right. what's your point? 
my point is is that you here's Carl a guy Fredericks that, is like twice the size of him like you know body of a greek god incredibly good looking intensely charismatic just bursting with confidence they're, they're totally okay. different people like they could not be more different well, well, okay well uh, again a lot of those attributes every pro wrestler should should have right a lot i mean especially one who's been getting fucking what four weeks of video uh packages for them uh build up to be something special goes comes back from excursion again i did i'm sorry i did not look at those silly vignettes of him running through the forest doing karate kicks thinking this is something special this is something to get excited about even then it really? was very very cheesy name me okay but name me another fucking pro wrestler that that gets that kind of uh, support with those videos debuting moxley El Fantasmo, Ishimori, right. Hiromu, okay. uh, uh-huh. Jericho, Jay uh-huh. White, and they're uh-huh. all—they're all better than. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of them not. But <laughs> I was going to say they're all better than Kawato, but that could be a bit harsh. But here's the thing: in ring, I really feel like Kawato is is, is solid at, at at minimum. I think he's very solid. And trust me, when he left on excursion, there was nobody talking about that. You know. Everybody had high hopes for this guy. All right, okay. If, if we're handing you the book, Damon, if you are in charge of re-debuting Hirai Kawato, what does that look like? What would you have done differently? Considering, okay, I, you, I, I, and this guy turns up, this this fellow with the <laughs> lazy eye and the chubby face, looking really nervous. Uh-huh. Like, right, Damon, make this guy into a star. What are we doing? What's the plan? I don't. You you have to establish the fact that he. Is a is 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 a force to to be reckoned with at least at the very least, Joel. His first fuck his debut. The guy rolls out in his blue hair. Okay, blue hair, whatever. I don't mind the blue hair. Blue hair's fine. Fucking Marge Simpson. <laughs> um, that's fine. But he comes out, cuts this promo. All right, great. And gets attacked by Doki. The meme of all memes. Gets laid the fuck out by a guy who, by all you know, practical purposes, is on the on the new Japan roster, is bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Gets laid out. Okay. Match happens great he gets to win it wasn't a dominant performance but okay it, w- it was a, a win nonetheless a little bit of give and take next fucking thing this guy's in he's taking a he's eating a fall eating a fall oh we forgot about tenzon having to come out and give him a rub right because because he needs the, he needs some somebody to show that okay he's he's you know give him give him give give him what give him some cheers yeah look, I'm not arguing with you that the presentation has made him look like a geek I'm saying with his attributes what do you think they should be doing with him I mean he's definitely a junior right I mean we've established that that I mean he he again. I don't care if you put a mask on the dude. If 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 it's, if it's the facial expressions that are giving people the the issue, and and the confidence issues, then fucking hide it. 
Give them a gimmick. Give them a mask. Give them something, right? I mean, if, if that's a challenge, then then do that. Nobody has a problem with that. But I again, I just think that you need to establish him as a credible threat, and and that isn't. He's doing jobs to guys who. Why do you have to establish him as a credible kick? threat? He doesn't look like a credible threat. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know what the fuck the gimmick's going to look like. I don't, you know, I don't, who knows what, what it is, but here's the thing. I don't even think it's the, the gimmick itself. It's how the gimmick is presented. I don't care if he comes out in blue. The blue doesn't bother me in in the least. It really doesn't. It's the fact that I can't, why would I even give a fuck about him? He's, he's getting his he ass looks whipped. Funny. Just look at him, makes me laugh, his little face. <laughs> he does look adorable, doesn't he? He does look... Oh. I just want to give him a hug, Damon. I know. And that, that is worth something. He's got... I I feel like I... Uh, you know, non-meme-ish, I feel like I have a connection with him. I want to see him succeed. I feel bad when he gets beaten up, and I want him to win matches. So that's got to be worth something. Do you think... Do you think... All right, so let, let's, let's talk about the gimmick. Do you think the gimmick... He walked into the office, right, in, in the middle of Tokyo, right, yeah. excited to be back, right, and they wheel out. We got something for you, big guy. We got something for you. Master. And is he, you, can see, you can feel his heart sink in his chest, and he looks at the fucking gear, and he's just like, what? I got to do what? Uh, I got to, what? Do you think he's like that? Look, and here's the thing, too. If we if we turn back the hands of time, Liger wasn't too thrilled with the, the fucking debut gimmick that he got. Right, the fucking guy couldn't even see through the mask for crying out loud at the Tokyo Dome. It wasn't like he was, uh, you know, it wasn't like that. That went over like it was. This is the greatest gimmick in the world. It took time, and it took time for him to kind of grow into that role. Uh, it wasn't like it was a home run right out of the fucking gate. This seems a little bit more dire to me. All right. Well, that's, I think we spent enough time talking about it. Let's move on. Um, I want to talk about Dick Togo. What did you think about the spoiler, Dick oh. Togo, and his Che Guevara look? The spoiler? Um, to me, he's playing the role that... Um, like to, to me, you wouldn't bring him in for any other reason than to have that type of person in in another Bullet Club faction, right? So when there's a split, there is that grimy, and we'll call it manager type, that will be available to Bullet Club. Like, to me, that's that, that's what that screams. So uh, with, with Ghetto more and and he's still holding up the fucking switchblade and he's still hanging on to you know keeping people and reminding people of Jay White to me that's where that's why you bring in a guy like Dick Togo like what other reason is Dick Togo in this promotion aside from being that character in another uh version of Bullet Club yeah, well, he's a good wrestler. I like Dick Togo, and I'm oh, yeah. looking forward to seeing him, hopefully, in some singles matches. You know, Dick Togo against Naito or against Hiromu or something like that, because I think there is, 
more value. I think there's a lot of value to him in ring as well as in his managerial role. Yeah, I mean, you see, I mean, I don't see him going. I think he's more managerial role, and and he'll play roles in six man tags and stuff like that, being able to fill in for filling gaps. I mean, much better than than what they have now. People playing that role, Jado and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see him being more of a manager than than an in ring competitor. And then moving on to Evil, who has well, it's not a skirt, okay? So this is I'm going to get, get find this question right. So this is uh, James on Twitter. He said, "Evil's costume, Terry S." And this is spelled P T E R U G E S. So that's like the oh. little. The, the sort of Roman gladiator, Roman soldier style skirt thing that he had before. The flaps. Called, okay. The flaps. Yeah, right. Yeah. The correct term, Terry S. Uh, so <laughs> Evil's costume, Terry S, or, or should I say Terry S or Terry No? I'm changing James's question there. Uh, and James said, Yes, I also had to look that word up. And James, I had to look up how to pronounce it correctly. So there you go. Uh, Con- Connell says, Thoughts on Evil's new entrance theme, getting serious Castlevania vibes, and it's easily one of my new favourites. And Eric says, More than winning the title, says, Losing the tassel, they're not tassels, they're terriers, from his pants made Evil a legit main event player. So yeah, he came up with a, s- a slightly different look. And I thought he looked great. Like we said at the, the top of the show, I think he's a guy who's uh, carrying himself like a champion, like a, a new person, which is great to me. And I enjoyed this match. Just just little t- touches. The fact that, you know, he didn't use the STO, the evil move on Hiromu. Like, you know, Hiromu wasn't worth it. He just sort of, he set him up for it and then just pushed him away like a piece of crap. Uh, you know, no selling Hiromu's chops. I thought his facial expressions were really great. Just like really, you know, disdainful sneer with his boot on Hiromu's neck. So just the whole presentation of evil, I think, has come on in leaps and bounds. Yep, yep, and again, a lot of the things that we th- said in the past that were might be holding back evil from taking next level jumps, got rid of that fucking sickle thing, got rid of the robe, got rid of the eyeliner. He looks like a badass. He looks really fucking great, actually. Um, it, you know, just the weird, subtle things like like not having the hair in the, in, the, in a ponytail, right? Uh, and having it long and covering his face in, in certain spots, um, the new kind of shoulder patty, but yet still keeping evil aesthetic uh, gear. I think it looks fucking sharp. It looks good. It looks it looks legit. Like to me, <laughs> everything that we talked about that he needed to do, he's done. And people are it up must and be on. a listener, Damon. <laughs> He must be a listener. <laughs> Maybe he is. Who knows? Uh, but I think, look, presentation-wise, I got. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan right now. I'm a fan presentation-wise of Evil. I think he he's like some of those promo shots, Joel. You've seen online. They look fucking great. Like he looks like a badass. Like no joke. I was he staring looked- at those for a very long time, thinking. This guy's great. I, I was kind of falling in love with him a little bit because he looks like m- much more of a hunk than he did before. And he, now he's got this little smirk that he does. He's showing more a range. Again, just in a week. The, the, the improvement's both subtle and not so subtle. I'm a fan of man. I'm a fan. Well, let's get into the Sengoku Lords 
preview so this is going to be on this saturday july the 25th um now before i start there's an interesting historical bit of context here which is on reddit by super smart brothers uh-huh. saying goku lord historical parallels at the upcoming new japan show evil will be defending against Hiromu, who seeks to avenge his fallen leader naito this is a perfect echo of the battle of yamazaki from japanese history sengoku period at the height of his power, when he was closer than ever to uniting Japan, Nobunaga Oda was betrayed by one of his closest vassals, Mitsuhide Akechi. After Oda's death, another of his loyal generals, Hideyoshi Toyotomi, rushed to avenge his death and brought an end to the short reign of the usurper Akechi. This short 13-day rule as shogun is known as Mikatenka, which translates to short-lived reign. Evil won the titles on July the 12th and will defend them 13 days later at Sengoku Lord on July the 25th. Will history repeat wow. itself? Will Hideyoshi slash Hiromu avenge their fallen masters, Nobunaga slash Naito, by defeating Mitsuhide slash Evil? Or will Bullet Club's new leader learn from the short-lived Shogun and surpass his legacy of failure? What do you think about that, Damon? How great is that? God damn. Great job by uh, that person. That's that's some fucking history right there. You're not getting that on any other podcast. I don't hear Joe Lanza giving me uh, fucking uh, Japanese history. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, fuck. That's good. That, that is pretty uh, weird how the, the dates line up and the numbers line up. I mean, it could... I mean, in all probabilities, it's, it's uh, coincidental, but... Maybe it's not. That's pretty good shit, though. Man, people are just so. How do people come up with this shit? I feel like I feel like I spend eighteen hours awake just staring at a fucking wall. I don't. I feel like uh, where there are a lot of smart people in the world. I don't feel like I'm one of them sometimes. When people do shit like that, I didn't intend for this to send you into a spiral of self-loathing, Damon. <laughs> wow, that's a cool historical fact. I don't think it's going to mean anything in the context of this show, but yeah, good job that person. But it has taken an <laughs> no. unexpected and dark direction there. Yeah, like fuck me. I got to fucking read a book or two. Uh, hey, speaking of read a book or two, uh, I saw that you read uh, your best pal's article on the uh, the the turning of uh, evil. Gave a little retweet. I saw that. Yeah, Emily Pratt. It was really good. She laid out a lot of the things that I thought worked about the evil turn, and uh, and I think was a good voice for people like us who, and a lot of Lij fans who think that the, the power and the, the creativity with that storytelling trumped the deficiencies in the match. So yeah, she did a really good job there. Yeah, we're the best friends now. What the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, no, I give give people (laughs) props when they do good work. What can I say? Turncoat. Andrew Rich is like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Just kidding. Andrew, go read Shogun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go read a book, Andrew. Come on. All right, right, uh, uh, Goku Lord then. Right, first match, we've got singles match. Yu Uemura versus Taiji Ishimori. Obviously, Ishimori's going to win, but I'm excited. It should be a good match. And again, uh, it's not for nothing, as you would say, Uemura being given... A opportunity opening the show with a, a I wouldn't say big singles match, but an important singles match for him. I think this would be really good. I mean, imagine this this match in say a year or two time. This would be a fucking banger. Uh, 
I'm I'm hyped for this one. This 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 has this has potential to be a you know, I'm not gonna go so far as like best match on the show, but uh singles match opening the show. I th- I like this a lot. I think it's gonna be really good. Second match, we've got eight-man tag. Taguchi, Kojima, Honma, Makabe against Gabriel Kidd, Yota Suji, Toriyano, and Tomohiro Ishii. This one's interesting because if you are a nerd like me and you watch the uh, post-match interviews, there was an interesting segment between Gabriel Kidd and Togi Makabe where Kidd was getting fired up and he said he wants to face Makabe at his best. He wants 2010 Makabe, sticks his middle finger up and says, fuck you to everyone. So I like the fact that they just put a, a little bit of extra fire into this. Well, I say they, it was mainly Gabriel Kim. Makabe was just standing there going, okay, 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 okay. But again, I, I appreciate the effort that Gabriel Kidd put into this. So um, I'm excited to see the face off between Kidd and Makabe in this match, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, that's something to hang your hat on, right? Not, not excited yeah, to see. Give me a reason to care. You know, it's it's a small thing. It's all, it's all we need. It's all we need. It's about it. That's about it for me. Maybe Yoda seeing Yoda Suji um, against uh, the big boys again, like Makabe, Kojima. But um, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take the kid uh, Makabe interactions. I'll look for that. And third match, we've got Sho, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto against Bushi, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito. Biggest talking point here is that Yoshihashi's back, and his injury was not as bad as uh, some people had speculated online. So, uh, welcome back, Yoshihashi. Do I expect him to win this match? Probably not. I don't know. Uh, it's difficult to call who's going to win this one. I'm saying, uh, well, you do have the, the, the junior element of Bush in, sitting in there. Um I think Yoshihashi was on one of the, the uh, multi-man tags, wasn't he, on the last show? I remember seeing him rolling out there with chaos. Uh, but yes, it is good to see him. Um, you know, in the sense of I don't want anybody to be hurt. I really don't want to see him wrestle. But, but you know, you get my point. Um, if I put a gun like to your sh- head right now, Damon, the Super J-Cast branding yes. gun, and say, what match yep. was Yoshihashi in for the show you watched yesterday? <clears throat> yep. So that would be uh, I know I know the answer to this. Uh, it was a multi man tag uh, with, it, with chaos, right? Uh, show was in the match, and it was la 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 la. It was the um, oh fuck me! All right, all right now see, I feel like I'm on I'm on the spot, and I'm trying to fucking all right. Let me just calm down. Let me just fucking collect my thoughts, and I can fucking do this. Sonata was in this match, right? Wasn't Sonata in this match? No, that was the wrong one. That was Shingo and and uh, yeah. Um, Oh, what the fuck? All right, let me think. Yoshiashi show, but had to be chaos, right? The rest of chaos, and it wasn't Uh Okada. So Ishii was in there, yeah. And and Yano got the win, yes, right against. To Gooch, because I remember him doing his fucking shoulder shrug Yano thing. Um, I remember Gabriel Kidd in there, right? Because he was yelling at fucking Taguchi to turn around, right? And I don't know the other two. 
Honma and Makabe. That's that's quite impressive. Ah. You got it in the end. I was I was trying to make a point about Yoshihashi being forgettable, but you flung that back in my face and made me look like an idiot there. So well done. No. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay, so then we have our fourth match, which is a ten-man tag team match where we have your favourite Master Watto, Hiroshi Tenzan, Nagata, Ibushi, Tanahashi against Doki, Kanemaru, Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. So yeah. Ten-man having, uh, having a good old time, having an old wrestling match there. See which is it team Doki is or is it Watto? Doki uh, or Watto? Well, let's... I don't know. Let's say Watto pins Kanemaru, gets his win back, and setting up a, a singles match between them at Summer Struggle. Or, or seven singles matches between <laughs> Summer Struggle. Best of seven series. That'd be, that'd be awesome. A little Magnum TA uh, Nikita Koloff thing. That'd be, I, you know what? New Japan, I know you're listening, like you always do, or somebody's going to run this tape over to somebody who is, uh, who can make these decisions. Uh, that's what we want. We want a best of seven, Magnum TA Nikita Koloff style, Master Watto versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Can we do that? Do we really want this? <laughs> I don't know. Best of seven. Oof. Next right, match. <laughs> fifth match. We've got a special singles match with Kazuchika Okada against Yujiro Takahashi. And yeah, I was going to mention from <laughs> yesterday's show, kayfabe-wise, I'm not sure the team of Ghetto and Yujiro should be lasting 11 minutes and 47 seconds against the team of Okada and Goto. But <laughs> there Thank you go. You. Uh, yeah, I... I've always been a defender of Yujiro, and I've always said that he is a guy who, when he gets a tap on the shoulder, he can put in a good match. He usually has one really good singles match per year. He didn't have that in the New Japan Cup. Do you think he has it here? And do you think it's a mistake for him to be elevated to this level? It's weird, isn't it? To see Okada in the fifth match against Yujiro, a guy who, you know, at best is at a, in a six-man tag scramble on a Wrestle Kingdom show. Um, it's it's an odd pairing, isn't it? And look, you got to make – if to me – let me ask you this. We talked about Naito and, and uh, again – possibility of him being a little bit more banged up than we're led to believe how about okada do you think he's hurt do you think he's struggling in some way do you think there's something up he just seems off doesn't he yeah i said during the new japan cup he's either doing it deliberately or maybe he is banged up that his matches have got noticeably slower yeah like again, if you were going to put people in buckets, and who, you know, the people who three months off, four months off helped, and the people where it didn't really feel like that was the case, um, and again, it's it, we know nothing. We, you know, nobody's told us anything. There's not even this is not a, on the street or a pastrami sandwich or anything like that. Uh, this is not suede, by the way. Who did get their concert moved, by the way? So. Here's another thing. They have they officially announced anything for that date for London, New Japan? No, I, I would think 
You can't do that now. October? It, okay, the UK has got the third highest number of COVID cases. If you, if you think that's going to be gone by October, then you're fooling yourself. Right. That's what I'm saying. And the idea of having people travel there, I don't know. That's, that's, I mean, again, that was the same date as Suede, and Suede has been postponed till next year. So, um, but, but it still counts in the Super J Cast was right folder, even if it's canceled. Oh, absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we were fucking home run dead on on that. So, uh, um, ha 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 ha. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that meant. All right. So, yeah, uh, Okada, Yujiro, Takahashi is not something that I'm particularly excited for. It does seem weird. Um, Okada being hurt. I mean, we'll or see. Or maybe he's just I mean, maybe he's just saving himself. Maybe he thinks that you know these buildings are half empty, so I'm not going to go all out here. Possibly. I, and I, you know, I look at this match, and I think one of these people is going to be trying really hard. <laughs> it's probably not going to be Okada. <laughs> I mean, what I, you know, as much as I hate star ratings, what what are your expectations for this match? I don't believe in star ratings, Joel. I don't know if you've read my uh, online <laughs> rants. I, the, I said on Discord, the, I know the, the, the big thing, the, I say the, the rant, the, I don't know, the speech I went on last week is uh, uh, far removed from me about a year ago <laughs> listening off Will Ospreay cage match ratings <laughs> on the podcast because <laughs> I got annoyed that people were saying he's shit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I've seen the error of my ways there. <laughs> ah, you know, listen, we're getting moods with it. It's fine. It's no, no. I mean, I, I think it's, I, we're not going to rehash this, but you know, we, we talked about it, but, um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm this, this will not be a Matt classic. Let's put it that way. This will not be, uh, I would be shocked if it goes above, I'll set the bar at, uh, I'll set the bar at the at the gentleman's three and a half. I then I'll see over three and a half. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sick match. We got never open weight championship match with Shingo Takagi with his third defense against El Desperado. This one is going to be great, isn't it, Damon? Very excited here. I like it because it's fresh. I like it because um, we got two guys who were pretty confident that can carry uh, the star torch, if you will. Um, uh, to me, the idea of of this never open weight being just what it is, open weight is is quite possibly the sexiest title on the entire uh, promotion. Third title defense for Shingo Despy. This is, if I'm not mistaken, he's had uh, junior heavyweight title shots but you know obviously not big boy belts um i don't think we see a title change but i think this match can deliver i'm excited for this one yeah um on a show that is a eh, i mean i can't say there's too much to get overly excited about um i'm hanging my hat on this and on the on the main event yeah i just think it's terrific that Despi, who I'm a big fan of, is getting the rub and being in getting this title shot against a, a serious heavyweight in the co-main event. Whilst there are other people lower down the cards, just not doing a whole lot of anything. You know, we're looking at guys like Ishii and Sanada and 
uh, Goto and uh, Suzuki, uh, Ibushi, like Nagato. These are all people that you could easily slide into that kind of match, but mm. they've picked Despi for that, which I think is something to be celebrated. And and again, contributes to this vibe, this sort of open weight vibe we've got in New Japan at the moment, which m- might be a short term thing, just because of the fact that their roster is somewhat depleted. You know, it's not hugely depleted. They've still got a hell of a lot of talent there, but it does seem that they've put the junior and heavyweight barriers to one side for now, which I think is a really good and fun thing. Uh, and then our seventh would, match, would, I mean, um, before you get there, yeah, just a quick yes or no. Do you think they would have done this match with if if we weren't in the situation we are in with COVID? No, I don't think so. I think they yeah. needed 32 people for the New Japan Cup and that got the ball rolling for this open weight thing. Yep, I agree. All right, main event, sorry. Uh, main event, we've got the heavyweight intercontinental double championship match with Evil's first defense against Hiromu Takahashi. We've already discussed this a lot. I think the match will be really good. Question marks as to whether or not there's going to be shenanigans at the end. Uh, I would love it if there if there aren't. You know, I would love to see scornful bully Evil just you know just beat up Hiromu. You know, uh, manhand him a bit, rough him up. You're the heavyweight champion. He's a junior. You know, assert your dominance there. I don't think it would hurt Hiromu to lose this match clean. And I think it, it would do wonders. I mean, it would fucking shut up the whingers who are <laughs> pitching about evil at the moment. So I would I would love that. I would love a clean win for evil to that end, if, if nothing else. But I think we're more likely to get some shenanigans at the end of this match. And uh, if that takes you out of it, Fair enough. You, you won't be alone with that. Um, but I think it'll be a really good match nonetheless. Can I think completely outside the box? Give me a percentage of Hiromo Takahashi winning this match and becoming double champion. I think, and I love Hiromo, he's probably my favorite wrestler, but I think that would be a shame to give him that moment in a third full building where people are not allowed to cheer I think it would be a big mistake to do that I I kind of feel that Hiromi is going to get that moment but I think it's going to be in a packed venue and I think you want to build up to that so I will give you 5% chance okay so it's a weird time we're in troubling times call for desperate measures I don't think they. I, I, I like. To, I'll, I'll go so far as to say it would be a mistake if they did that. That would be a mistake. Just to hot potato the belt to him. Although, I don't know how great would it be. Would you freak out if he fucking won that title? I would, but then part of me would be like, "What's going on here?" You know, in a booking sense. Right. I mean, I, I, evil was just just the bridge to get it to Hiromo, I guess. Right, and then Hiromo can kind of go from there. Again, we're talking about some fucking pipe dream here. But if we're showing up for a show at six o'clock a.m. my time, and he's winning this belt, guess what? We're doing a show right at. We're doing a show. I tell you what, if if Hiromo Takahashi wins that title, you better clear off your fucking schedule. Because we're doing a show right after that that goddamn show goes off the air, uh, we 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 will be going uh, and 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 sending that file to Rich and Joe 
with much haste. That's for fucking sure. If you think that happens, do you think that will be terrible for evil? Would that make him look like a geek? I really think that this you know, week, two weeks, has been tremendous for his career. Um, it, it really has. It's, it's, it's like somebody put the fucking jumper cables on his nipples. Like he's just, he's, you know, shocked in, into, into a good spot. No, I don't. I don't think it would. Um, look, I'm talking myself into something that I know the likelihood of happening is, is low. But I saw some crazy shit last month, a few weeks ago, that I never thought I would say. And, and I never thought I would be on a, on a Super J-Cast talking about evil being the IWGP heavyweight champion. Stranger things have fucking happened. The most popular guy in this fucking promotion right now, hands down, is Hiromo. Again, I, I think that's something you want to save. You want to build up to you. that. Come on, Joel. I'm trying to fucking sell it. Come on. I'm trying to give people <laughs> hope for a show. Well, it could happen. <laughs> I, I think he... Like I said, I think there is a strong possibility that he will end up champion one day. I don't think it's going to be this Saturday, but now you have sown the seeds of doubt in my mind. And especially with that interview in Tokyo Sports with Naito saying, yeah. if you're champion, he's going to win the G1 and challenge him. Uh-huh. Who knows? In this crazy world... Who can say with any real confidence what is going to happen? I saw somebody post online that they love it when I get them hyped up to fucking for wrestling stuff. Well, guess what? I did my job right there. That's called being a pro. Got you hyped. I got you hyped for fucking Sengoku Lord. Sengoku Lord. I got you fucking hyped. Right? You're going into this show. You're going to turn on that show and be like, all right. I know he's going to win, but let's see. what. Nah. I put that little seed in everybody's fucking head. IWGP heavyweight champion. That batshit fucking Hiromo. Look at this. They should pay me. New Japan. I was going to say, if you, if you received your check in the mail, yeah. Dude, it's oh, terrific. Cer- I, I certainly haven't. Or the, or the $8 I get every month from fucking t-shirts. <laughs> Japanese Retro Game Center says, is this the best Sengoku Lord ever? Um, sure. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's one that we never thought we would see. Let's put it that way. Uh, okay, right. We've been going quite long here. Uh, Damon, talk to me about Lions break collision. Oh yeah, we still got to talk about that. Um, I like the presentation of it, and again, I know everybody was hyped up when uh, NWA was doing their shows on YouTube, and if, 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 yes, and they might still still be doing that. But it does have that feel. Yes, um, exactly. The same and I wish, yep. And I wish they would build off of that. I wish they would make it more that WTBS feel, because uh, right now it does feel like they're just matches that are plopped in. I want an interview desk. You know what I mean? I want somebody to run the show. And again, eventually Kevin Kelly might be that person. Um, I, I know they're doing the voiceover stuff now. Again, COVID being the, the big monkey wrench here. But I would love to have that be WTBS style pro wrestling show. Um, and I think that the seeds are planted for that. I like it. I, that was an easy watch. Trust me, after that Row 2 show, Joel, I was like, all right. <sighs> you know, 
Oh, let's put on this. That was an easy breezy watch. Uh, matches were decent. They even got a little built-in angles with fucking Jeff Cobb and Carl Fredericks that I like. Keep you tuning in for more. I want them to go all in on the w- WTBS 605 Superstation show aesthetic. That's what I want. What do you think about Carl Fredericks and his tassels? Uh, I'm not a big fan. You know, look, I, who am I? I'm a fucking 40-something-year-old guy who's going to talk to a 20-year-old how to look and how to dress. And, you know, <laughs> I, Not for me, but um, it, it reminded me, actually, of, of uh, Stardust Genius Naito a little bit. Um, how do you wrestle with a fucking dangling earring in, though? That's what I want to know. Oh, how does that not get ripped right out of your fucking ear? Ah! But yeah, he's, he's, that guy, that guy is in a real, I mean, barring anything terrible happening, you know, I don't even want to say it out loud. It begins with an I and ends in a, in a jury. Uh, he's, he's got a rocket tied to his back. He's got, he's got everything anybody would look for in a pro wrestler. And what did you think of Tom Lawler? Or should I say there was a, a tweet that was doing the rounds. It was a Japanese tweet. And then with the Google Translate, it came out something like, uh, Tom Roller has a Tam Nakano big head, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> uh, Steel O'Neill says, is Tom Lawler finished in New Japan after wearing blue denim booty shorts and three-inch tan lines during his debut? Or is he purposely tapping into the horny fan base and he'll rock it to the top? So uh, what did you think of Tom Lawler? Um... I, I don't know of, of of the relationship that will be there or not be there. I don't know if it was just a one-off or a continued talent exchange. I don't know if we can expect to see Tom Lawler on future New Japan Pro Wrestling shows when the lockdown is lifted. I feel like um, it was a nice name to have at these tapings. Uh, but truth be told, I don't know if, uh, if it was just a one-shot deal or if it's a continuing thing. Uh, a couple more questions. Flynn says, I've really enjoyed the Lions Break Collision show so far. Short matches and shows have been a nice contrast to the regular New Japan product. Do you think they should keep it going after COVID? Yes. Yes. There you go. I, yeah, I, I mean, agree I, like I said, I, I, love the, I love the look. I love the feel. Uh has a very old school style. Uh, I, I wish they would dip harder into it and, and, and again, try their best. You know, do three weeks of tapings in one shot but make it a fucking studio wrestling show, I think that would be the greatest thing. I, I would tune in every week for it. Right, well, this has gone longer than I thought it would. Uh, I do have a That's lot of questions, said. but I don't know. I feel like knocking it on the head now and quitting on a high. How do you Yeah, feel? let's quit on a high. I'm, I mean, listen, let's go out on a high note. Uh, it's 8.01 a.m., so I do have to uh, get to work soon. But, um, yeah. Uh, I think I think we're good, right? I think we covered all our bases and then another uh, award-winning performance by us. Great. I'm going to go out and get myself some dinner. Mm. I wonder what I should have today. I might go to a food court. There's a big shopping mall nearby. I just I yeah, love Thai food courts. They're just oh, so good. Everything's delicious. You, you got a free house? Uh-huh. Nice. What 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 uh what category are you going on tonight? <laughs> 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 what what category are you dipping your toes into tonight? See where the food court takes me. You know, get a bit, oh, yeah. get a bit of the spice in my in my blood. You never know. Temperatures <laughs> yeah, rising. Know. Keep me updated. Let me know. Let me know where you land on the uh, on the Brazzers category. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Any monetary contributions will be very welcome. 
and you can find the Discord link in our show notes if you want to join in all the fun chat there for people who like New Japan Pro Wrestling. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. And thank you, as always, to Editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at LousyHero219. And wish him a happy birthday as well. It's his birthday on the 18th of July, so uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>